Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. We're in this series called Forward. Somebody say forward. I love it. It's a, it's a word that's just packed full of, of, of promise. It doesn't just imply direction, but it also speaks of hope. The church at every moment in history has been moving forward. This is not a day for us to shrink back. Can I have a good amen? You know, the Bible says we have weapons and armor, you know, from head to toe. Ephesians 6 talks about helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith, sword of the spirit, belt of truth, shoes of the gospel of peace. You know what? There's nothing for your back. All the armor of God, there's nothing for your back. You know why? Because we're not retreating. Somebody say forward. Last week we talked about focus and focusing gives you the ability to move forward. We're going to talk about forgetting today, forgetting. And we're going to see how forgetting and forward are tied together. Look again with me, our our key verse for this series, Philippians 3.13. The Apostle Paul says these words. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Remember we talked about last week. Remember Hushatu Road? Remember Hushatu? How many drove down Hushatu this past week and thought about that? Yeah, now it's smooth now. It hasn't been for a long time, but we talked about being under construction. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're not as smooth as you think you are. <clears throat> I have not achieved. Who's your two road? We're still under construction, Paul says, but I focus on this one thing. In other words, he said, I'm not chasing a bunch of things. I'm not dabbling in a dozen things, but I'm focusing on one thing. And this is what Paul's focus is on. He says, forgetting the past, somebody say forgetting. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. There's something about moving forward that requires you to forget back there. We're gonna see how important this is. He says, verse 14, I press on. <laughs> Ooh, don't miss next Sunday. We're gonna talk about pressing on. We're gonna press. We're gonna push some stuff next week. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? This would be a good verse to memorize. I'm telling you, if you're into that kind of thing, which I think would be super helpful, uh, commit this verse to memory. Get this in your spirit, forgetting, forgetting, forgetting. How many of you, the older you get, The things you should remember, you forget, and the things you try to forget, you remember. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My sister went to Galveston yesterday to see my dad, and she bought him a shirt, took a picture. In fact, I should have put it on the screen. It's hilarious. His T-shirt says, I came, I saw, and I forgot what I came for. I told Rachel, I said, baby, the older we get, we, we've got a, a, a partnership, a, a, a commitment, a covenant in our marriage. I said, here's what we're going to do. The older we get, I'm going to remember who we are and you remember where we're going. Come on, somebody. You know, you have this thing called a memory and then you have this thing called a forgettery. And some of you, your memory is failing, but your forgettery is getting stronger and stronger. You know, this word forget is an important part of the gospel. It's an important part of moving 
forward. Some people, they struggle to move forward in faith because they can't forget the failures of their pasts. In fact, my son, Trevor, 13 years old, he, he played football this year for his little seventh grade team. And I told you how they struggled this year. They fought, they worked hard, they grew, they got better. But one game, he was just so frustrated, he dropped like three passes. And uh, man, he was just, you know, dad, what can I do better? And many of you, if you played sports, you understand how important it is to have a short-term memory. And I told him, I said, son, if you drop a ball, now listen, learn from it, but don't live in it. Uh, what, what did you do wrong? Okay, take that lesson that you've learned and move forward, but you got to leave the failure right there. If not, then the last play is going to mess up the next play. Oh, come on now, talk to me. Some of you, you're starting to sense where we're going here. It's true not just in athletics, but it's true in life. If you're going to finish the race that Paul talks about, you're going to have to let go of what happened yesterday because it's messing up your todays. You're letting the last play mess up the next play. If that gets in your head, I said, Trevor, every time they throw you the ball, then you're going to be remembering the previous play and it's going to create fear. You can't move forward in fear. Come on, somebody. You got to move forward in confidence. Don't let the last play mess up the next play. And, and my, my challenge to you, and here's where I think the Apostle Paul is trying to help us. He's saying, how do you move forward? Well, last week we talked about focusing, but this week we're going to talk about forgetting. Because the truth is, some of you are holding on to things of your past. You are tied and you're tethered to yesterday. And God's saying, I'm doing a new thing today. You're struggling to move forward because things of your past are holding you back. And here's an illustration I think that will help us. I want to ask my wife, Rachel Delin, would you come up here? Come on, church, put your hands together, show your love. This girl. This was a total surprise. I did not get her permission to do this. I've learned that if I ask for permission, then I, I, a lot of times I don't get to do what I want. So I'm just going to ask for forgiveness. Um, but yeah, so she, uh, the last service, I kind of surprised her. But she, she's going to help me, babe. I like your, I like your wardrobe there. You, you're looking really strong, looking fantastic. Those, those feather earrings are, ooh, yes, yes. Okay, um, sorry, I just had a moment. Wait, 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 wait a second. This is my illustration, girl. Oh, wait, 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 you're getting me tied up and twisted up and tangled up. Not just yet. Okay. Okay, so Rachel, for this, for this illustration, she's got to step way out of character because this illustration, she's the bad guy in, in this one. I'm the good guy, okay? It's my illustration. Don't judge me. She's got to step away because honestly, nobody more like Jesus in the whole world than this girl right here. But for this illustration, babe, you're the devil, okay? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so this rope, and I think it's gonna be a powerful picture that's gonna help you understand what we're talking about. Oh my goodness, when it comes to moving, I can barely tie my shoe, much less tie a knot. Okay, here we go. So, so, so here's the picture. When we are born, the Bible says we are born with a sin nature. You know what that means? That means we are bent toward evil. It's quiet up in here. I know sometimes we think that we're good people who occasionally do bad things, but the truth is we are born with a sin nature and sinning comes natural to us. Apart from Christ, you sin a lot. 
and you sin really, really, really good. How many remembers your before Christ days when you were building your testimony? Oh, yes, indeed. And man, you were selfish and you were greedy and you were materialistic and man, you know, man, all the, all, the, all the evils of the world. We didn't even realize. We're in bondage and we don't know it, okay? So now, babe, you're, you're, you're the enemy, okay? You're, you're, you're Satan for this one, all right? All right, okay. God is tied up. Here's what happens. When we're born into this world, we're bound to sin. We are slaves to sin. You try to do some good things and move forward, but it's amazing how you can take one step forward and then you're always pulled. Wow, girl, you are strong. You've been working out this year. <laughs> Easy. Now, whose illustration is this? You see how I'm at her mercy? I'm at the end of her rope. You know, she's the one that's got me bound. I got some things that I want to do, but I can't because I'm anchored to sin. Now, the scripture says, Jesus came. How many of you are thankful for the cross? We got to talk about the cross. What I'm talking to you about today is not just some uh, positive, feel-good psychology. This is the gospel. See, you have to know the bad news before you can appreciate the good news. Somebody say good news. Good news is the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why did he do all of that? To break the bondage and the chains of our sin. Guess what? The sin that once had a hold on you, it doesn't have any hold on you anymore. That's why addictions are broken because of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why marriages are healed because of the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice at Calvary. I mean, we are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. And he, he sets us free. But now here's the problem. We may be free but we're not free indeed. You know, there is a difference. Jesus did all the work necessary for our salvation. You've said yes to Jesus. The power of sin is broken, but the Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brothers. Revelation 12, 10, look it up, read that verse. The Bible says that the devil, he accuses you night and day before God. And so the power of sin may be broken, but if you're holding on to the past, come on somebody, you're still not able to move forward. Satan accuses us and, and he uses three things against us. Somebody say three things. The three things that he uses, and I want you to write this down. I'm going to teach you a little bit through this illustration and then I'm going to show you how to apply this. But the three things the enemy uses in tandem, I mean, we are triple teamed with guilt, shame, and condemnation. I can't tell you the number of believers that I talk to who wrestle with guilt, shame, and condemnation. Now, now let, me, let me define these for us. Guilt says, I have done something bad. The truth is, we're all guilty. Can I have a good amen? That's why Jesus had to come and die. But the enemy will use guilt, and then he turns it into shame. Okay, this is why some of us struggle to move forward. We love Jesus. We've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. We come to church. We're going to start this new year, moving into a new season. We're going forward, but we're constantly being pulled back by guilt based on I did something bad that turns into shame, which says I am someone bad. You see the difference? Now, we're all guilty. But the enemy wants to turn guilt into 
shame. You see, guilt has to do with what we've done. Shame has to do with who we are and how we see ourselves. Do you, are you catching this today? Uh, guilt is based on something I've done. I, I did something bad, and guilt begins to pull us back. Shame is trying to pull us back, and the enemy is accusing us. Oh, listen, you're not fooling anybody. If they knew about you, what I know about you. Come on now, you with me? That's how the enemy works. Guilt turns into shame. You see, listen, shame will isolate. Notice in the Garden of Eden, before sin ever entered the picture, the Bible says that Adam and Eve, they were naked and not ashamed. But as soon as sin entered in, they became guilty and they hid because of their shame. You see, listen, shame will isolate you. Shame will cause you to miss out on God's best. Shame will cause you to believe a lie about you. Guilt says, I did something bad. Shame says, I am someone bad. And then condemnation says, I deserve something bad. I'm so unworthy. God, I know you're going to bless the pastor and you're going to bless the evangelist and you're going to bless him and her, but you really can't bless me because I'm not worthy. Come on, are you with me? And so you're free, but you're not free indeed. And the enemy is trying to pull you. Come on, babe, now bow up on this thing. The enemy's trying, trying to pull you, which you got a little bit, oh, oh, Come on now, don't, wait a second, who's, who's stronger? It's almost like a, a tug of, I'm sorry, that's not how the illustration was supposed to go. It's a tug of war over your soul. Come on, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There is a tug of war because maybe you said yes to Jesus and the devil has to concede to that, but he doesn't want you to live like you're free. Uh, he wants you to come to church feeling guilty, feeling shameful, feeling condemned. Come on, put your hands together. Show your love, Rachel Delaney. You did great. Watch this. Watch this. You say, well, pastor, I'm the only one that feels that way. No way. Are you kidding me? They felt that way from the beginning of time. Remember Moses? Let me give you a quick list, okay? Let me give you the who's who of the Christian zoo. How many remembers Moses being on the top of Mount Sinai and speaking with God in an intimate way? And what did God give Moses? Come on now, Bible scholars. The Ten Commandments. Come on, somebody say, dun, dun, dun. He wrote them in stone. And here, Moses is having this intimate fellowship with God in these stone tablets. Don't you think he read those Ten Commandments before he walked down the mountain? Don't you think he read commandment number six that says, thou shall not kill don't you think his mind went back to Egypt? Come on now. When he killed the Egyptian, listen, this thing is not unique to you. The devil's got Moses on a rope trying to pull him back from God's best. Guilt, shame, and condemnation will try to pull even the best back. Well, what about David? Remember the, 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 the psalmist David? The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Well, he wasn't always. There was a time when he was a man after another man's wife. Come on, talk to me. Oh, don't you know the guilt, the shame, the condemnation he had to sort through? He, he wrote Psalm 51, God created me a clean heart. Oh, God, I repent. Lord, restore a right spirit within me. What about the apostle Peter? I love this dude. He had to be redheaded. I'm telling you. He was impulsive. 
you know, temperamental, bragging about things. Oh yeah, Jesus, I will never deny you. I will die before I deny you. Oh really? Well, how'd that work out for you, Peter? Here this little girl comes up to you and says, wait a second, you look familiar. He start cussing. Come on, somebody. Man of God was cussing her, saying, I don't even know who you're talking about. And the Bible says Jesus turns and looks at him. In that moment, and Peter was so broken over his sin. Guilt, shame, condemnation. But what happened on the day of Pentecost? That same man stands up now, and he's full of the power of the Holy Spirit, and he preaches on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people get saved. You see, it had to be Peter. It had to be. But Peter had more converts in that one sermon than Jesus probably had in three years of ministry. You see, Peter knew what it was like to fail completely and still be loved by God. Somebody say, forget the past. Here's what the scripture reminds us, Isaiah 43, 25. God says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. What is God forgetting? Your sins. Listen, quit reminding God of everything he's forgotten. Some of you keep going to God with your guilt, with your shame, with your condemnation, and he says, hey, I've forgotten that. What are you talking about? Come on, somebody say, I did it. Say, I admit it. Say, I quit it. So forget it. Come on, I'm about to help somebody walk forward this year. Get this in your spirit. Paul says, if you're going to move forward. Oh, speaking of the apostle Paul, can we talk about his failure for a minute? He was killing Christians. Remember that? Persecuting the church. Remember Stephen in the book of Acts was the first Christian martyr. And who's there advocating over all of it? The apostle Paul. Don't you think there were moments guilt, shame, and condemnation would come against Paul? See, forgetting is such a a, a big deal. But forgiveness is God's gift. Now, we just made it through the Christmas holidays. And I love Christmas. One of my favorite things about Christmas is the presents. Now, don't get all mature and say, well, it's just family and, you know, all food. No, you like presents too. Everybody likes a gift. Let me ask you, have you ever been more excited to give a gift than somebody was to receive it? If you have kids and grandkids, sometimes, you know, I, I wake up and I'll be like, hey, baby, let, let, I know it's not Christmas Day, but let's give it to them today. Why are you so excited? Because you know the thought the sacrifice, the price, come on somebody, all that you've invested into that gift and they don't even realize it. You're like, here, here, open it, open it. Oh, hurry up. I'm going to open it for you. Here, here. You're so excited. You're more excited to give it than they are to receive it. Can I tell you this? God is not reluctant to give you the gift of forgiveness. You don't have to twist his arm. You know why? Because he was thinking about you. He sacrificed so much for you. Know what he invested in that gift. And sometimes I think we minimize the gift of forgiveness and we maximize our sinfulness. Come on, somebody. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You're talking to God about your sin and he's talking to you about his forgiveness. You see, when it's under the blood, when it's forgiven, then we're going to have to let go of the rope of guilt, shame, and condemnation. Are you catching this? 
And tied to this, the second thing, and I probably won't have time to fully develop it. Everybody say forgetting. forgetting. Number two, say forgiving. This is big. I think these two go hand in hand. If we're going to move forward this year, we're going to have to forget some things and we're going to have to forgive some things. You know, maybe the reason we struggle to forgive ourselves is because we haven't forgiven others. You know, hurt is inevitable. Trauma is real. How many's walked through some traumatic experiences? How many's ever been with, with a friend or in a relationship, somebody that you trusted, and then you just got destroyed in that relationship? Yeah, you thought they had your back. You didn't know they'd be stabbing your back. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to anybody in here? Y'all getting really quiet up in this holiness church up in here. Mm, let's speak where we live for just a moment. You, you, you trusted someone. They took advantage of you. You know, it's interesting that there's great theology in country music. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at the theology of pain and betrayal in country music song titles. I wrote down four or five. These are country music song titles. I'm so miserable without you. It's like having you right here. <laughs> what about this one? How can I miss you if you won't go away? Come on, <laughs> Uh, what about this one? If the phone don't ring, you'll know it's me. <laughs> or what about this one? If I'd shot you when I wanted to, I'd be out by now. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm not advocating anything. I'm just saying that your music says something about your theology. Come on now. Sometimes trauma is real. Pain is inevitable. And you know what? If we're going to move forward, it's going to require forgiveness. But if you're going to go backwards, it will include bitterness. Come on. Bitterness and resentment. Hebrews 12, 15, the Bible says, look out after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you corrupting many you know bitterness will poison your spirit here's the thing that, that I'm learning that I'm discovering sometimes we hold on to a hurt or an experience or an event that happened in our life and just like this rope it ties us to that moment and we relive it over and over and over again and maybe it happened years ago but it's as fresh today as it was then and here's the challenge with, with bitterness. Bitterness doesn't destroy your enemy. It only hurts you. You're the one that's in the prison of that poison. You see, they committed the crime, but you're the one doing the time. Hey, oh, come on now. Some of you need to make a decision to forgive because this is the year you're going to set the prisoner free. And you're going to realize that the prisoner wasn't that person, but it was you. You catching this? Jesus said, when you pray, pray this way. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive us of our sins to the same degree that we forgive those who've sinned against us. How many of you want God's forgiveness in your life to be complete? How many of you want God to forgive you of all of your sin? 
Guess what? We can't partially release someone and expect God to fully release us. Is this helping anybody? We got to, maybe we don't forgive ourselves because we're still holding on to the hurt that somebody else created in our lives. I want to ask the, I got to, I got to, I'm losing time here. I can't believe this. The clock. Come on, who's going to give me five more minutes? Will you give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Okay, three hours. Pack a lunch, baby. Here we go. Ask the band to come up. Listen, what I'm talking about is not easy. In fact, I'll tell you this. Forgiveness is either totally impossible or it's totally supernatural. Your flesh does not want to forgive. Your flesh cannot fully forgive. But when you know that you have received God's complete forgiveness, you see, God will not expect you to forgive someone else of more than he's already forgiven you of. Can I, can I say that again? Because I know sometimes we keep a, a record. I'm so glad that God, he canceled the record of our sin debt. Sometimes we, all this stuff is stacked up and we're thinking, man, I got to forgive that. And God's saying, listen, I forgave you of this. I'm asking you to forgive them of that. Lord, I can't do it. It's impossible. Yes, it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by God's spirit. See, when I remember, and I've told this story before, but I think it bears repeating. I, I remember when Alexa, our oldest daughter, she was maybe four, four years old. And she was in preschool over at Parkview. And I loved picking her up in the afternoon. And I was in the carpool line and teachers got all the students kind of lined up. And, you know, I just remember seeing these, these pigtails. She had these big old pigtails and a, and a backpack that was like twice her size. And apparently that day in arts and crafts, they had made some sort of deal. It's like some, some headband that it looked like, like elephant ears, you know, like big Dumbo ears. And so she was wearing this, this headband, had her book sack, and she was just so excited. And I pull up in the carpool line. She jumps in and got her all strapped in. And I'm looking at her through the mirror. I'm like, girl, hey, how was your day? What's that on your head? She's like, dad, do you like these ears? These are my listening ears. I'm like, oh, I love them. I need a pair of those. Man, I, I could use some, some better help with listening. Tell me about your day. What'd you eat for lunch? What'd you do? So she's rehearsing the day. And then I noticed her face kind of changed a little bit. And she said, well, after lunch, we, we were out on the playground. And one of the girls came up to me and she said, she told me that she hated my guts and that she wanted to cut my head off. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm feeling just uh, your reaction. That's how I'm feeling, Okay. We're leaving Parkview and driving down Airline Highway, and she's telling me this. I'm like, man, it's so violent. Who is this girl? What is going on? I'm like, oh, my goodness. She said, what? Yeah, Dad, she said she, she hated my guts, and she wanted to cut my head off. I said, well, well, baby, did you tell the teacher? She said, yes, sir. I said, well, good. Well, well, what happened? And then she took those big Dumbo ears and just kind of folded them over her face. She's like, Daddy, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. I'm like, no, girl, it's okay. What happened? She said, well, me and some of my friends, we picked up some rocks. Yeah, some of you eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Some of you Old Testament Christians up in here. We picked up rocks. We just started throwing them at her. 
And now I'm like, oh my God. Part of me was like, well, did you hit her? <laughs> you know, kind of had it coming too. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I thought that, didn't say that. I'm like, oh, no, 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 baby. No, we, we, we can't do that. Now, what this little girl said, it was, it was so wrong. I'm glad you told the teacher, but it's never okay to throw rocks. I know, daddy. I well, we pull up in the driveway and we walk in the door and Rachel's like, how was your day? I mean, tear-stained face. And I'm like, Lexa, do you want to tell mama? No, no, you tell her, you tell her. Come on, we had a little drama back in the day, you know. So I told Rachel what had happened. And so I said, you know, hey, this is a great teaching moment. The Spirit was kind of leading me to help, help my daughter. Not, it's not about retaliation, man. Forgiveness, it, it, it works when you're four years old. So we knelt down beside the bed. I said, babe, I'm, I want to I lead us in a prayer. And we're going to ask the Lord to help this little girl. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive us. So we start praying. I mean, I'm giving my best Billy Graham altar call, okay? I mean, I'm, it's just like come to Jesus moment, man. And as I'm praying this prayer, you know what the Lord spoke to me? He said, Mike, you think this is about your daughter, but I'm using your daughter to teach you about you. And I thought about the years. That I'd thrown rocks at people. Hating the people that had hurt me. I'll never be treated like that again. I'm never going to get close enough to, nobody's going to take advantage of me. And then in my heart, I've thrown rock after rock. And in that moment, I realized life is heavy when your pockets are full of rocks. Lord, say, empty your pockets. Empty your pockets. I begin to pray for myself. God, you didn't throw a stone at me. You rolled the stone away. How many are glad that God doesn't throw stones, but he rolls stones? Prayed for her, prayed for me. I said, Lord, I'm making a decision today. I'm going to stop throwing rocks. The only way we can move forward this year, we're going to have to forget some things. And we're going to have to forgive some things. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.